Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. off the glass and Clint Capella jams it home. Trey did that on purpose. He put it off the glass so Clint could grab it. DeAndre on the fly underneath. Johnny Collins jams it home. Beautiful pass from DeAndre Hunter. Lou Williams gets it stripped by Conley. Picked up by Clarkson. Out to Conley. Behind for Clarkson. Jams it. Ingles fires the three when Gallinari drops his hands and buries it. Don't drop your hands on me. I will take my left-handed Australian weapon and I will spear three. Highlights as the Jazz take down the Atlanta Hawks, 116-98. No Donovan Mitchell, no problem. Could have been a problem. Tight game going to the fourth quarter. It was going back and forth there in the third. Jazz were down five or six, and they're up four or five. It was going back and forth. But the start of the fourth quarter, all Jazz all the time. Magic Johnson used to call it winning time. The Jazz got good in winning time, a 41-point quarter. Really only had one bad defensive quarter. They gave up 34 there in the third. But they hold Atlanta under 100 points. They're 4-0 when they hold opponents under 100 points. The way way you score in the NBA these days, there are very few winners when you don't get to 100 points. Hero of the game? Well, obviously Jordan Clarkson. He hadn't made a shot in forever. Just trying to avoid the numbers. He hadn't made a shot in a long time, and suddenly he made a lot of shots. Clarkson was hitting everything in the second half. Seemed like there was everything was destined to go in for him. He ends up with a Donovan Mitchell-like 30 points. So Donovan could sit over there in street clothes and smile and laugh because everything is funny when you beat a nice team, beat a good team on the road by 18 points, which is what the Jazz did. We'll get to more on this coming up. Got the question of the day for you on the Jazz. Got David Locke joining us at 8.30. Jazz beat the Hawks. Now they head off to Florida for a back-to-back this weekend. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Niang out of transition for three. It's up. And good. He's made it. He's got four in a row. The Sixers with a D and a trail tray by George Niang. Shea long three straight away from 35 to take it under money ball. Gildas Alexander from just inside the Laker logo. Bombs and connects. 101-95. Thunder Shea's got 28. Porter into the lane area. Loses the ball. Ball picks it up. On the break is Booker. Lob it up for it. Whammo time. Raquel Bridges on the alley-oop pass from Booker. I wasn't aware of the situation, and my seven years I've been here, you know, I haven't noticed that, but that doesn't, you know, make me insensitive to the subject. And, you know, I think the NBA open investigation, they're going to do their due diligence of, you know, bringing out facts instead of he said, she said. And, you know, I'm sure the NBA has it in good hands and do the proper research to, you know, find out the truth. Stephen Booker talking about what's going on in Phoenix. Now, they won the game, but they beat the Houston Rockets. So, I think we knew they were going to win the game when we looked at the schedule. 123-111, Booker had 27 in the blowout win for the Phoenix Suns. 
The big story, and this would be the big story regardless of who they were playing and whether they're winning or losing, Suns owner Robert Sarver under investigation by the NBA after allegations of misogyny and racism during his 17 years of ownership. Sarver has issued a series of firm denials in the statements and comments through his attorneys. The NBA has directed a law firm to begin a comprehensive investigation, which would provide the basis for any action from the league against Sarver. So it sounds a little bit like a Washington football team situation here. And we'll see where this goes. Light night in the NBA. In addition to the Jazz and the Suns winning, the Boston Celtics beat the Miami Heat 95-78. That is interesting for a couple reasons. One, the Celtics were off to a terrible start, and they had one player complaining about two other players, and all the players were in the starting lineup. So that was was kind of dramatic. And... It's not that guys went off. Maybe they got big production out of the bench more than anything. Uh, Tatum only had 10 points in the win. Jalen Brown only had 17. But Miami could not score the basketball. Jimmy Butler had a 20-point game, although he's 0 for 4 from 3. And the Heat, a miserable 78 points, a 9-point second quarter. They got outscored by Boston 33-9. to As runs go, that is massive. So Boston beats Miami. Boston now four and five after a two and five start. Miami, that's only their second loss. They're six and two. Everybody in the East has two losses right now. Miami's right there at the top. Jazz have to play the Heat, and it's back to back. What's going on with the Heat? Why did they shoot less than thirty-five percent in the game? Uh, that is that going to keep happening? Duncan Robinson five of seventeen. Yikes. Now, the Jazz, you got to figure they're going to be shorthanded. They're going back-to-back. Well, is this the game Conley will sit? And then they play him in Orlando and make sure they get the win everybody's supposed to get when you play Orlando. And if you lose to Miami, so be it in a back-to-back. And how long is Donovan Mitchell out for? None of that clear. Personally, I would not be surprised to see both Conley and Mitchell out for that game. Not that that renders the Jazz completely helpless. They went through that at the end of last season, and they won some games there. But uh, back-to-back in Miami, Orlando. But Miami coming off a, uh, a brutal performance. That's their first home loss as they fall to 6-2 and two on the year. And then also in those highlights, you're George Niang. It's just kind of fun to watch the Sixer box score and see what is going on with Niang. Basically... He's who he is in Utah, but he's getting more playing time. He got 32 minutes. That's He's not a starter. He's coming off the bench. But 32 minutes, you're a full-time player. Doesn't, doesn't matter when you play him. If you're getting 32 minutes, you are a full-time player. He didn't shoot it all that well. 4 of 11 from the floor. 3 of 10. So he got a two-pointer in there. But he's 3 of 10 from 3. But 14 points, 7 rebounds, and they were plus 18 when he was on the floor. Now it's the Pistons, and they're terrible. They are 1 and 7 after that loss. But the Sixers battling for the top spot in the East again. Miami told you they were 6 and 2. Sixers are 7 and 2, so they're off to a very nice start. Niang's got a big role, and things seem to be going well for him in Philly. And saving the best for last, somebody buried the lead. But see, that's just because I know how you folks are. You're classy. You're not here to enjoy other people's troubles, other people's struggles. Especially if a guy is injured, you would never do that. Just because it's the Lakers. And you hate the freaking Lakers, to quote David Locke. And they lost to the Thunder, who are not the worst team in the West. But they would be if they hadn't beaten the Lakers twice, because they haven't beaten anybody else. The Thunder are 2-6 and six with two wins over the Lakers. 
lose those games, they're 0-8, and they'd be the only winless team in basketball. And the Pistons, Rockets, and Pelicans all have a win. And Rockets beat the Thunder for their only win. But for whatever reason, the Thunder have the Lakers number. They get them 107-104. No LeBron. Abdominal strain. And just to go big picture on this, because any one game, crazy things happen. But to go big picture, what are the Lakers without LeBron? LeBron is getting older. It's father time going to beat him. And one of the first things to look for when you're older is you get hurt more easily. And it takes longer to bounce back. LeBron did not sit for a lot of abdominal strains in his prime. Now, if you got it, you got it. And there's nothing you can do about it. You got to sit. It's not going to get better. You can make it worse. You're not going to be very good while you're out there. You have an abdominal strain and you try to run and jump and twist and defend. Yeah, not happening. There's no choice here for LeBron. But to sit. And they have won five of their last seven games. So it's not like they're horrible, but they lost to the Thunder and that is a little hilarious. That's hilarious until it happens to your team. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Here's a handoff left side to Taylor. He's going to cut out left side. He's at the 10, looking for the 5, looking for the pylon. He's in. Jonathan Taylor, touchdown. Takes a shotgun snap, backs to throw. He's got time. Throws into the end zone, and that is dropped. Oh, Michael Pittman Jr. could not complete the catch in the back of the end zone. The lights and the whistles here at Lucas Oil Stadium are going off. Wentz turns the hands off to Jonathan Taylor. Big hole. There he goes. 50, 40, 30, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Jonathan Taylor. 78 yards to the house. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y-J-T. 41 to 10, and the onslaught continues. Jets rally late, make it a little more respectable, but the Colts roll. 45 to 30. Indy improves to 4 and 5, which with the new playoff format makes them a contender for a playoff spot. Not a contender for a championship, not a contender for a Super Bowl, but it does make them a contender for one of those seven playoff bursts, even though they're 4 and 5. Jonathan Taylor, he has a 78-yard touchdown run there. He ran for 172 yards, which is an enormous number for the Jets. Mike White is off to a nice start. He goes out. Josh Johnson comes in. He has a big game. They throw for 398 yards. So a little bit of pressure here on the rookie, the local guy. When he is back, got to move the team, got to throw the ball, got to rack up the yards because it turns out literally everybody else is. I mean, what do you know about Josh Johnson? Now, maybe you were watching the game, so you got a little background on him. But... 35-year-old dude from the University of San Diego comes in and throws for 300 yards. If you're Zach Wilson, you're going to have to move the Jets when you get back. And some of that was garbage time. I get it. You got to do a little something. Jets fall to 2-6. and six. Browns have been working with Odell Beckham Jr.'s representatives to negotiate an agreement on terms under which they can release the wide receiver. Browns obviously want to convert his base salary into a signing bonus, lower his cap number. It doesn't sound like him leaving is the issue. Sounds like what kind of money is he getting and how is he going to count against the salary cap? That's the only thing left. He's still not 30 years old. He's actually turning 29 today. Possible landing spots. Who does he make better? Does he go to somebody who's just, quote, just a playoff contender and try to get them to the playoffs? 
There are plenty of teams sitting on three or four wins right now that think they have a shot who could use him. Or does he go to somebody who's good, try to put him over the top and win it all and really show up the Browns? Where does he go? And who's got a strong enough locker room and strong enough leadership to put up with all that drama? Because he will bring drama. And if he doesn't, his family will. All right, big games this weekend. What are you looking forward to? Obviously, the big game was Packers-Chiefs. That was a huge game, a marquee game. It's still an interesting game, but drop it down a notch now with no Aaron Rodgers. I suppose drop it down a a notch nationally because Aaron Rodgers is such a big star. But certainly locally, and I think to a degree nationally, how good is Jordan Love? This is his first game. He's had a lot of time in the system. He's watched a lot of film. He's heard a lot of things, but he hasn't had to do it himself. And let's face it, the Chiefs' defense has ranged between average and horrific. That's the neighborhood they've been bouncing around. They have had games they could not stop anybody. So as far as, you know, just one game, and we don't know how long Rodgers is out for, but if it's just one game and how does your debut go, and if you have a long career, you'll have plenty of ups and downs. But just for that first performance, first impressions matter. Chiefs defense, not bad for, uh, for someone to be going against. All right, talking about teams that are just kind of playoff contenders, the Broncos have beaten enough truly horrific teams that they have managed to maintain a 500-ish record, although they're playing the Cowboys, so look pretty good. And I don't think that game's going to... I think that game's on early on Fox, sorry. I think that game's on early on Fox for you uh, for you Bronco fans. Uh, other games that are intriguing, uh, the Cardinals... Tied for the best record in the NFL, playing the 49ers, a 500-ish playoff contender-ish team of their own. The Rams playing the Titans. The Titans now without the NFL's best running back with Derrick Henry out. Rams and Cardinals are one-loss teams. Can they keep it going, along with the, uh, the Cowboys and the Packers? Games to watch right there. Uh, games between kind of sort of okay teams, Browns and Bengals. Whoever wins has a good enough record. They feel pretty good about themselves. They presumably keep pace with the division-leading Ravens, who are 5-2. and two. Bengals are 5-3. and three. If they can beat the Browns, they go 6-3. and three. If the Browns win, both teams are 5-4 and four and kind of hanging around in the wild card race. So those are some of the games. Titans-Rams is a Sunday night football game on NBC. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah. The Utes are in Palo Alto tonight, Friday night football. Stanford hosting the Utes. Now, Stanford with a huge question mark. Is their quarterback going to play? Now, it's always a big deal when the starting quarterback is or isn't going to play. And Tanner McKee, who comes in as highly recruited, returned missionary off in Brazil for a couple years. But now something's going on with Tanner. And his coach, David Shaw, came out and said, you know, basically, well, yeah, maybe, probably, kind of, sort of, we'll see, we'll get there, we ought to know Friday. Thanks, coach. (laughs) So he's a big old definite maybe. Gee, thanks. (laughs) Well, he really didn't narrow it down. He didn't say what was wrong. He didn't say how long he was going to be out. He's uh, questionable for this game. And it's a big deal because they have no run game. And I mean no run game. How many times has Stanford run for 100 yards in this? Uh, had a 100-yard rusher in it this year? Once. Been 100-yard rusher all year, and that's because kid broke an 87-yard run against USC. Period. End of story. So they've had one good run play this year and had one good game from a running back. The Utes 
Their defensive front ought to control the line of scrimmage. And now they make them one-dimensional, literally from the opening drive, and can Stanford beat you? Typically, when Kyle Whittingham gets a team to be one-dimensional, his defense is in good shape, and the Utes are in good shape, and they win the game. If the Utes win, they improve to 6-3, and 5-1. and one. They know they have a mulligan in the final four games. If they win, they've got a mulligan in the final three, and they got Arizona and Colorado, and they shouldn't need a mulligan there. They are in great shape right now, so I guess, what do we do? Do we upgrade them to excellent shape to go to the Pac-12 title game if they win this? I don't think we should be making 3-5 and five Stanford, who's 2-4 and four in the conference, make them out to be a big hurdle. And yet, when you look at the youth schedule, well, they're the second, Oregon's the big hurdle. But you have a mulligan for Oregon. So this is the second biggest hurdle. And this is what happens. The Utes are playing the last place team in the North, Stanford, and they've still got the two bottom teams in the South who are combined 2-14, and 14, and one of those wins was when Colorado beat Arizona, and the other was when Colorado beat Northern Colorado in their Big Sky Money game. I mean, just follow the yellow brick road, Dorothy. That's Oz. You're going to the Pac-12 title game. Don't mess it up against Stanford tonight. By the way, Stanford's run defense, terrible. So you ought to run the ball. DJ and PK. Hashtag BYU. Senior day. Great memories. Last game in the stadium. We've said it a million times. Football is the one thing. That's the sport you cannot approximate when you're done. When you're done, you're done. No turkey bowl is going to match the organization and intensity of a college football game. So if you're not going to the NFL, and a few guys are, this is it. And it's kind of weird because it could be a senior day for the juniors and they haven't sorted all that out. Guys have decisions to make. The program has decisions to make. They might encourage guys to move along. We'll have to see. And obviously for some guys, it would be a chance to transfer and play one more year somewhere else if they really want to. So a lot of stuff to be sorted out. But BYU ought to pound Idaho State. The Cougars are 7-2. and two. That'll go to 8-2. and two. Idaho State is not only a big sky team, they're a bad big sky team. They're 1-7. So how many is BYU going to win by? I don't know. How many does Kalani want to win by? BYU TV at 1-30. Cougar pregame show starts at 12-30 live from JCW's in... Provo, DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah State. Well, BYU's not the only team playing a bad one and seven team. No. I was going to say. Utah State is playing New Mexico State. A perfectly awful one and seven. Now, if you're looking for comparative scores and you need more assurance that the the team that just came into uh, Logan and got crunched by the Aggies. The Aggies dropped 50 on Hawaii. Well, Hawaii's beaten New Mexico State twice. It's an independent. New Mexico State was looking for games in a pandemic. Hawaii's having problems scheduling games, I guess. Or maybe just in general. That's a long way to go. So Hawaii scheduled New Mexico State to a home-and-home and beat them 41-21 and 48-34. So if Mexico State can score 34 points on Hawaii, how many points should Utah State score? A lot, they ought to roll. Non-league game, Aggies ought to get to 7-2. and two. It's on Bally Sports Arizona and Flow Football. And Scotty G's got the call right here on the Zone Sports Network, 1 o'clock. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. So the Cal Bears, multiple players will miss tomorrow games, tomorrow's game against Arizona after entering COVID protocols, citing student privacy laws. Cal did not specify which players. They didn't even say how many. They did say 99% of the players are fully vaccinated, so you could be in the protocol. You get two negative tests in 24 hours, you can play. 
But maybe this is the game Arizona wins. I mean, they got to win at some point, right? They got to break this streak at some point. They didn't win this year. They didn't win last year. They didn't. Uh, never mind. It's been a long if time. If you're going to snap the streak, get a team that is short on athletes. Right. But we don't know how many. And we exactly. don't know how many are starters. So uh, that one's looming out there. Uh, big games. Uh, Auburn and Texas A&M is the only game that matches ranked teams this week. 13th ranked Auburn goes to 14th ranked Texas A&M. That's 130 on CBS, and they're just sorting out who gets to go to a New Year's Day bowl game and who doesn't. It's basically what they're sorting out there because we know Alabama and Georgia are headed to the SEC title game. There is a path for Auburn if they went out, and yeah, but that's not going to happen, is it? It's going to be, it's going to be Alabama, and it's going to be Georgia. And everybody else will be shocked if it's anything other than that. But Alabama does have a loss, and Auburn does have a loss. So if Auburn wins out and wins the Iron Bowl, they could still end up in the conference title game. The rest of it, well, now that we have the official rankings, even if you don't like them, we're just looking for upsets. Uh, And so mostly you're looking for teams who are on the road. Now, Ohio State has a loss. I would think a second one would eliminate them, although they're Ohio State. So, you know, if someone's going to get in with two losses, it's going to be Alabama or Ohio State. Ohio State will take their 7-1 record to Nebraska. Nebraska's got to break through at some point, and they are at home, but I wouldn't think it's this week. Ninth-ranked Wake Forest is undefeated. They're going to North Carolina. In the ACC, it's so big that even though they're natural in-state rivals, they don't play each other, so they scheduled a non-conference game so they could play each other, which is it's bad they're not playing each other in the conference, and this is the downside of mega-conferences. But if you want to schedule non-conference games to keep rivalries going, I'm all for it. Uh, that That's the best option. And then the second best option is find a bowl game they can play in. Stop with all these conference tie-ins. They produce games nobody wants to watch. Create bowl games. The bowl games have enough issues just getting star players to play and paling in comparison to the importance of playoff games. At least give them some matchups. Come on. What are you doing? Uh, undefeated Michigan State is at Purdue. Trap game. Purdue's 5-3. and three. They're decent. And Michigan State has to go to Purdue, and they're coming off a big emotional win over Michigan and a great rally and all that stuff. So college teams go on the road. Sometimes crazy things happen. Uh, One loss, Oklahoma State's at West Virginia. One loss, Baylor is at TCU after the coaching change. So for you BYU fans studying up on the Big 12, a couple games to keep an eye on right there. And uh, Alabama's at home against LSU, uh, 5 o'clock on ESPN. That uh, They ought to keep rolling. Oregon is on ABC. Nice time slot there at Washington after Washington's coach trash talks their academics. Can Oregon keep it going? They're number four. They got to win out. They got to beat Washington, beat the Utes. Probably have to beat the Utes twice to hold on to that spot and get to a playoff. Personally, I think they put them at four. And it gives, hey, Pac-12, we respect you. And then you didn't play anybody down the straight. straight and look at what Oklahoma did, man. They beat they beat these ranked teams in Baylor and Oklahoma State. And Oregon gets leapfrogged. So. I was going to say, yo, Ohio State's going to jump Year over. Year in. Too. Yeah, and, well, but Ohio State can knock Michigan State out. I know. They, so there's, so there's, a, there's a whole, yeah. Right, there's a lot. Of, but it almost feels like the Pac-12, look, we respect you. For now. Two weeks from now. But this is strictly a TV show, and we get to change our times multiple times because the last one matters a whole lot more than all the other ones put together. College football playoff expansion talks have been tabled until December 1. Oh, go to 12 teams already. Spread it across three networks. Keep CBS and Fox interested, and make sure CBS and Fox televise Big Ten and Pac-12 games. There, I said it. Let's just make it happen. Let's get on with it. DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. 
Well, RSL's got one more shot. They have to beat Sporting Kansas City in Kansas City to get into the playoffs. They've had their shots. They've lost three of the last four. They've lost back-to-back home games. But the way things set up and based on who else is playing, if they win, they're in. And I know we've heard that before. But we hear it again, and it's true one more time. And basically in about half their seasons, their fate has been decided on the final day. It's a salary cap league. There's a lot of parody or mediocrity, depending on whether you want to praise or criticize. So it often comes down to the last day for multiple teams. And for LAFC, the LA Galaxy, RSL, Vancouver, Minnesota, those five teams playing for three berths on the final day of the season. Uh, Kansas City has something at stake here. They could win and still, with some help, get to the top spot and get a first-round bye and be at home for all the Western playoffs. Or they could finish second and get two home games and have to go on the road uh, for a conference final. Or they could drop all the way to third and only get one home game. So plenty at stake for sporting that whole notion of, well, depending on what happens, they might rest everybody. No. The top three are separated by one point. They'll all be playing because they've all got something to play for and advantages built into the playoff system, which it took forever, but they finally got right with a single elimination knockout play. Winner advances, loser goes home. Much better now than what they had before. Too confusing. DJ and PK, what is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Yuck, one thing to watch. Uh, they're just not taking Demir and Albert off the field, the two best players. They'll, other guys have rotated in and out, but those two will be playing their fifth game in 16 days. We just need to see how much they can run and what they got left in the tank. All right, DJ and PK coming up. David Locke at 8.30. Stanford's play-by-play, the voice of the Cardinal at 9.05 to get a lowdown on tonight's game. Coming up next, the question of the day. Stay with us.